I enjoy what I do. Real estate is really, really, how can I explain it? I always say, you get up every morning, it's like a Da Vinci code. Like every day, it's different. You've got to come up with different ideas. You've got to come up with different solutions. At the end, we're in real estate to solve solutions and help people. And it's actually really nice. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for Real Estate Industry Sales Professionals, Property Managers and Leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking and strategies to elevate your results. To download your written action guide from this podcast containing extra tips, links and shortcuts, visit EliteAgentElevate.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Welcome to another episode of the Elevate podcast, where we delve into some of the most interesting minds in business and in real estate for the very best tips and strategies for you to implement to elevate your business. I'm Samantha McLean, editor of Elite Agent and host of this week's show. On today's podcast, I'm pleased to welcome Barry Plant sales agent and auctioneer, Chari Emissard, who has managed the impressive feat of selling a thousand homes in the space of just six years. Operating out of Geelong, Chari has been recognised as the top listed seller for the Barry Plant Group for five years running and will be familiar to many for his words of advice at ARIC 2019 when he urged attendees to just pick up the phone. So Chari, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to have you and congratulations first up on an amazing start to the year. Thank you. Thank you. You were recently named a Victorian finalist in the annual Area Excellence Awards just a few weeks ago, and you also achieved the milestone of selling a thousand properties. So what was it like to hit that mark, the big four figures? How did that feel? I mean, it felt really good. Obviously, a lot of hard work went into it. And the first year I started in real estate, everything started with concentrating to see if you can do 200 sales in one year and lead to 1,000 sales, over 1,000 sales in six years. And it, it feels good. It feels really good. So it's just, it's a one year at a time kind of thing where you sort of wake up and then almost it's like, oh, wow, I've made a 1,000. That's right. That's right. So walk us through how you got started in the industry. How did you get into real estate in the first place? Well, it was a bit of luck, actually. Came back from overseas after seven years and just trying to find a job pretty much. And one of my good friends owned Barry Plant and I asked him, got a job interview. They said no at the start because they were full. I actually got a job with different real estate agents and gave them a call and they said, no, 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 come back here. So I came back to Barry Plant and a couple of days later started real estate and everything take on from that. So let's talk prospecting because you're big on picking up the phone, which I think with all the technology that we've got available to us, perhaps it's becoming a little bit of a lost art. You're renowned for how many phone calls you make. How many phone calls would you make a day, just on an average day? I make anywhere between 80 to 100 connects per day. Yeah, wow, that's a lot. That can be 250 calls, but I concentrate on connection rather than making calls. So some agents get worried about picking up the phone that the other person on the other end is not going to be too nice or going to hang up or whatever. How is it that you have the mindset to make that many calls every day? Well, I had no other options, Samantha. So at the start, obviously, I was too scared picking up the phone as well to the point that I had to do something to be successful in real estate. And a couple of times I asked my director what to do and he pretty much said, pick up the phone. And the mindset I had, real estate wasn't about just being a telemarketer. You know, I didn't get into real estate picking up the phone. 
but then I had to change the mindset to be successful, obviously, in real estate and make peace with it. And and I realized that my job in real estate was talk to people, identify people that wants to sell, find buyers and put them together. And everything started with that. And the only way that I could do that was picking up the phone and introduce myself to people. Actually, it's something that Gavin Rubenstein says a lot, I remember, is that you've just got to think of yourself as a really highly paid telemarketer and be okay with that. That's right. With So when you pick up the phone, I know some of the concern is I'll pick up the phone and call people, but what do I say? So what are some tips for younger agents that are struggling with that idea of picking up the phone at the moment? Well, obviously, the more you do it, better you get. So every area is different. My concept was because I did fail a lot. I did have a lot of people um, hanging up the phone, not talking to me. So what I realized was uh, you're calling someone when they're at home with the family or maybe they're having a bad day. So you shouldn't take it too seriously. That's first of all, if they talk back or they hang up the phone. The whole concept for me was I wanted to keep it less than 10 seconds and come up with different ideas. Like one of my scripts is in which... I still use it and got me into a lot of doors, is uh, hello, is Chari calling from Barry Plancho on real estate. Sorry to bother you. Just wanted to let you know we're going to be in your area giving out free market appraisal. Would you like to get one done as well? So I start with sorry. So they stop some hanging the phone up. I don't give a time frame saying that I'm going to be in the area next week. I just keep that open as well so they can't say no. And just um, keep going like that keep it less than 10 seconds and keep it effective and really fast. It's interesting what you just said then about calling at different times. Is there any particular time that you think you have most success in actually getting people to hear you out? That goes with your farm area again. My area, I've got around 8,000 homes, 50% of them works, 50% of them is retired. So my strike rate, it's eight in the morning until eight o'clock at nighttime. But then if you have an area that mainly everyone works, well, you shouldn't make calls in the morning. It's it's up to the agent to identify that and then find out exactly what time frames that they should call or pick up the phone and call their areas. Yeah, so if you're in an area where people are travelling to and from the city or something like that, calling them while they might be in the car or something like that's probably not a bad move. Exactly. I don't call anyone between 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock. I've got two beautiful boys and I know how stressful it is. When, you know, parents fix their kids up or as soon as possible, the kids come back home, stressful, they want to eat, they want to do this, they want to do that. So one of my biggest no-nos is I don't call anyone between three and four. Yeah, very good. Do you have any mindset tips for agents who might be listening to this thinking, I've just had one hang up too many? How did you actually make peace, as you said, with becoming more active on the phones? When I started real estate, I figured that my mindset was the wrong mindset. Because I got into real estate, which I stopped at Eric as well, thinking about, you know, I was going to drive fast cars and expensive watches, shiny shoes. That was the mindset I got into real estate at the start, and I was going to make a lot of money within 48 hours. But I came to a conclusion that real estate is actually hard work. So I shift my mindset um, to volume of sales rather than commission. And I wanted to have a 50% market share in my area. And I wanted to have, I wanted to sell more. Um, properties in my farm area than anybody else. So I figured that exactly what I wanted to do. That was my mindset. And I came up with a prospecting plan, business plan and marketing plan to execute that. Did you have any help from other people in Barry Plant to crystallize those numbers and things? At the start, I did have a couple of help, obviously from my directors telling me what to do, pick up the phone and all those things. But 
I pretty much self-educated myself daily basis. In the morning, I got up at 4.30, practice on prospecting, I practice on listing presentation, practice on negotiation skills. I was reading a lot of books, reading, watching a lot of agents, what they do. And six months later, though, picking up the phone, I got my first PA. So after six months in real estate, I started getting help from my PA. Yeah. So you just touched on a couple of things there that I'd like to pick up on. So a lot of people, they do come into real estate thinking it's all fast cars and and watches and that there are overnight successes, but we all know that that's probably not true, not to burst anyone's bubbles or anything like that. With all the work that you put in in the beginning, how long did it take you to start seeing the fruits of your labor in that way? Two and a half years. I, I didn't make any money for two and a half years. I worked in an area that I used to sell $180,000 homes and my commission was $2,500. So that's why I couldn't concentrate on the commission part. So I had to come up with different ideas to motivate me and reach to my goals. And that's why I changed everything rather than concentrate on the commission part, the volume part. And I thought, okay, if I want to be a million-dollar agent, if I want to be a top list top seller, I need to sell 150 plus properties per year. And that's what I concentrated on. And it worked out really well. But after three months being in real estate, I got my first PA and I was still behind of my retainer. And a year after that, I got my second PA as an admin manager and I was still behind my retainer. And it was I was really behind. And it took me two and a half years all up to be in front of my retainer and start making money. But it paid off really well because at the moment I'm running with 4,500 people in my database and I created a system that I list anywhere between 20 to 30 and I sell anywhere between 18 to 20 per month. Yeah, I mean, look, that takes a lot of self-belief and belief in the process to take on a couple of PAs and be behind. So what were you telling yourself during that time that it was all going to be okay? I did. Uh, look, I did. I was afraid a bit because I was keep asking my directors, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? And they would keep telling me, look, you're picking up the phone more than anybody else. Your database is growing. Just continue like that and you will make it. And I thought, okay, so as every other business that you open in Australia, it will take at least two to two and a half years for you to start making profit. So I looked at it, okay, let's change the concept. I'm in real estate. My director is actually giving me retainer, which is, is they like a business loan. They like a bank every month. I've got two and a half years to execute this and start paying them back. And I stopped stressing about if I was going to survive. I just started focusing on, yep, two and a half years, I'm going to make it. Two and a half years, I'm going to make it. If I leave from here, any business open, it's going to take two and a half years. That's what I concentrated on. Yeah, I think it it is amazing because you are a business within a business as well. And so actually shifting your thinking to, well, this is my business and it's going to take me a while to turn a profit. I reckon that's a really good way of looking at things. Yep, yep. And you also just mentioned that you get up at 4.30 in the morning. Now, we've all heard of 5 a.m. club, but 4.30 a.m. club, I thought I was the only one there. <laughs> so tell me, what does your day look like? Well, I got used to getting up at 4.30 in the morning because of the army. I was a commander for two and a half years, and I got a lot of benefit from getting up early in the morning. Before, I used to get up at 6 before real estate. And because real estate was really, I mean, time-wise wasn't enough for me during the day. And I still wanted to go home and spend some time with the family as well. So I thought, I'm an early person anyway. Let's get up at 4.30 in the morning. So when I get up at 4.30 in the mornings until 5.30, I study. I read books, scripts, dialogues, do my business plan. 
Then I go to my gym at 5, 5.15, come back 6.30, make breakfast for the kids, do whatever I need to do around the house, drop the kids to school and go to work. But I get 100 to 150 emails per day, sometimes to close to 200. In the morning, I reply all my emails, I reply all my buyers, I do my task and everything else. I'm actually 10 steps ahead than everybody else because I get up that early. Yeah, interesting. And so you've got like set blocks of time where you do set things and yeah, and it's just that one thing that you focus on and then before you move on to the next one. Well, that's right. And it makes it easier for me too because when I come to work at 8.45, everything is ready. My team knows what they need to do and we're just back on the phones again because we've done everything else. I mean, I've done everything else between 4.30 to 8.45. Yeah. So clear the decks and then you're back on the phones. Yep. Yep. And I know that it's hard getting up at 4.30 in the morning. Are you a night owl as well or do you go to bed early? Well, I think when everything turns into a habit, it's not hard anymore. Even if I go to bed at 11, 12, my eyes opens up at 4.30. Yeah. Yeah. Seven days a week. Yeah. I don't hate that on weekends though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. So apart from being known for the number of calls that you make, I also heard from a little bird that you've got an amazing database too, that you work your database hard and that you keep it in such pristine shape. So can you tell us a little bit about your approach to using your CRM system and how you keep everything so current? Obviously, so as everybody else, I failed a lot at the start and I learned from my mistakes. So after the first year in real estate, I got up in the morning and I checked realestate.com. And I seen one of the first properties that hit the market with another agent that I sold. And I actually gave them a call. And she's like, Chari, we were happy with the service. We were happy with everything. But it felt like a one-night stand because after the settlement, you never gave us a call. And that moment, it just hit me. I was concentrating too much trying to find new listings. And I forgot about my past clients. So straight away, I sat down, um, divided my database into three different categories past clients, new clients, and appraisals. And I just started creating a different touch point for each client's needs. And I created a system and database. I've got around 4,500 people in my database, including my past clients. And the idea was I wanted to list one property per day. That's the idea I had when I started in real estate. And I created a database now. I think last month, Samantha listed 31. And this month I'm sitting on 28 listings. And that's just not just cold call. That's just following up, calling my past clients, calling people that bought properties from me or sold properties from me. All those things includes together. And you've still got quite a few days to go too in the month. <laughs> I know. And I turned 40 in less than six days too. So see how we go. Oh, really? Happy birthday. Thank you. An early happy birthday anyway. So what was last year like for you in Geelong? What sort of a year did you experience with the pandemic and things like that? It was really hard for everybody, everyone in Australia. What we went through, it was unexpected. And although we were lucky in Australia, half of my family lives in Europe, half of my family lives in England, and I see what they go through. Yes, it was tough in April, May, but again, it goes back to mindset. So that's when I shifted my mindset again. And I thought, okay, we're all going through the same thing. I'm not going to sit and hide behind of closed doors. I still had listings on the market. I still had to help my vendors. 
we still had buyers out there that they wanted to buy in property. So, you know, I educated myself, you know, on my communication skills, I educated myself with different agents, what they do when they, they went into lockdowns around the world and came up with different ideas to showcase my listings. And we still sold properties. I was one of the first agents in Jalan done virtual inspections. And I changed my business plan, my team structure and everything else to be able to keep my promise to my vendors and it worked out. Yeah. How did that feel trying something new for the first time? Like how did you approach your first virtual inspection? How did it go? Look, so, so everything else, obviously it was a bit, it was different, but at the end, everyone was going through the same thing and, and I had to make peace with it. And again, obviously, you've got to change your negotiation skill, have to negotiate over the phone without seeing people sometimes. And look, first couple probably was a bit hard, then you get used to it. When you believe in yourself and you know that you didn't 110%, everything gets easier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even though we're not locked down anymore, at least touch wood, hopefully there's not too many more lockdowns coming. Are you still using things like that? Are you still using virtual inspections? Yep, I am. I am. Look, I think last year changed everything towards social media, towards people doing more research on internet and everything else. And yes, I started using Zoom meetings with future clients that they want to sell now. You know, real estate about building relation and seeing people face to face, it's always better. Buyers before they come from Melbourne now, I introduce myself to them through Zoom. We meet each other. It's easier to qualify them like that and find them the right properties. Yeah, I'm using it. It's actually really, really good. I like it. But yeah, it's, it's another point of difference. Are you finding like many of the other sort of semi-regional areas that there are a lot of people coming from the big cities now from places like Melbourne and wanting to move to places like Geelong? Are you finding that too? A lot, a lot. Obviously being locked down, a lot of people done a lot of research at regionals. And I mean, when Melbourne was in stage four, one stage, we won stage three. We got, you know, surround beaches around us. And yeah, a lot of Melbourne buyers at the moment trying to come down to Geelong, which is good for Geelong. Also, Sydney buyers are buying properties in Geelong as well. Yeah, interesting. And so your stock levels, are you, um, you know, listings very competitive there at the moment? I'm still running with 55 properties on the market. I've been running with 55 properties constantly for the last three and a half years. But yeah, stock level is low and interest is really high, so which is good. Yeah, interesting. And so you've mentioned your team a couple of times. What does your team look like at the moment? I've got Aisha. She's my operation manager. She's been with me just over three years. She deals with all the contracts, copy forms and booking appointments. I've got Zach and Callum. They're 22, 23 years old, go-getters, really hardworking kids, and they might buy a specialist, also prospectors. How did you work out in the beginning what it was you wanted to do versus what you wanted someone else to do? Because I know it's hard for some agents who are sort of coming through the ranks to go, all right, it's time to delegate stuff, but we're all control freaks, right? How hard is it to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you got a point there. But the thing is, when I got my first PA, I didn't get my first PA so I can leave work early or work less. And I actually wanted to increase my appraisal numbers. And by myself, I used to create anywhere between 20 to 25 per week. I thought, okay, if I get another person that does whatever I do, we can get 30 to 35. And if I get 30 to 35, I'm going to speed up the process having the market share. 
So everything started with that. Then we started creating that much appraisals and I started listing at the same time. Then obviously the vendor management kicked into photo shoots and, and copy form and everything else. And I was really bad at writing copy forms. So I thought, okay, how about I get somebody else to do those things and I can be back on the phones. I think what's important is you should not stop doing the things that you're good at as an agent. I still make cold calls and I still make warm calls and I still go to the buyer appointments and I still go to open fence inspections. I just created the team that just in case if I can do those things, that they will pick up the pieces for me so I can do what I'm good at. It's an interesting approach. Like a lot of people take on an assistant just to be able to delegate stuff, but you're saying start with the strategy and where you want to be and then figure out from there how that's going to look. That's right. I mean, yesterday I done six listing appointments and two appraisals. And when I was out, because I couldn't do call calls, my team was doing call calls. Today, two of my boys are out doing photo shoots and buyer appointments. I'm doing the call calls today. So it works out better like that. Yeah, amazing. So what's next for you, Chari, now that you've hit the thousand milestone? When is the next milestone coming and what's it going to be? About four years ago when I said I wanted to sell 200 plus homes, a lot of people obviously looked at me and said that's impossible. I think if, if anything is possible in, in life if you've got the right tools and mindset and business plan. I really want to see if I can come close to 300 sales in one year. Well, you have to have big goals, don't you? Well, you have to. You're right. If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. No, 110%. Yeah. Let's see how we go. I reckon you're going to crush it. After listening to you, it sort of seems like you've got your all, all pointed in the right direction and you've got some great strategy. I enjoy what I do. Real estate is really, really, how can I explain? It's, I always say, I talk to people, they say, why do you like about real estate? And I said, look, you get up every morning, it's like a Da Vinci code. Like every day, it's different. You've got to come up with different ideas. You've got to come up with different solutions. At the end, we have, we're in real estate to solve solutions and help people. And it's actually really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chari, it's been amazing talking to you and getting to know you. And I just want to thank you for sharing some of your knowledge and insights and things like that. If there was one piece of advice that you'd like to leave our listeners with, what would it be? Have the right mindset and pick up the phone. (laughs) Solid advice. Chari Emisadi, thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Elevate with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to download your written action guide from this podcast containing extra tips, links and shortcuts. Visit EliteAgentElevate.com.